Hey everyone, this is Andrew. We had to record a little bit early this week, so we are not going to be able to talk about Garrett Cole's dominant performance yesterday. However, rest assured, we do think he is a pretty killer dude. That's all. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Rugnado Door podcast. Oh, wait, wait a minute. No, I'm checking my notes. This is actually the Pinstripe Alley podcast. I, I'm sorry for the uh, editorial mistake, but uh, my, my pal Kunshaw here has corrected me on this. Yeah, um, I actually thought it was the Rugnado Door podcast, so I'm leaving. Bye. Oh, uh, okay. Well, we, <laughs> look, we can talk about Rugnado Odor all you want for 15 seconds. <laughs> all right, here we go. Apparently the Yankees are trading for him. That's it. That's really it. <laughs> who, who else? Ca- who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's literally Rugnet Odor. Apparently the Rangers are going to pay most of the money owed to him. And they're sending two probably random nobody prospects who will, nobody will remember as being part of the Rugnet Odor. Tra- that's it. That's the tweet. Yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. So, like, yeah, Brian Cashman's not a complete idiot. He's not sending, like, Jason Dominguez and De- Debbie Garcia from Rudido Door. It'll be fine. Imagine. Imagine you find out it's actually Dominguez and Debbie Garcia for Rugnido Door. Like, oh, okay. It's like, yeah, actually, I just had a feeling about it. I don't know. We needed to throw them in to get Texas to pay the salary. Ah, yes, of course. Yes, yes. Yes. No, but the actual answer is that they they did this because they have basically no infield depth. So, you know what? Whatever, sure. Go nuts. Yeah, and th- there is also the slight possibility that they're like over the Jay Bruce experiment. So maybe they want to use DJ LeMayhew at first a little bit more. And then, you know, you can use him, some combination of him and Tyler Wade, I guess, to have two nothings or whatever. Like, again, who cares? Yeah, it's it's not a move that really requires too much thought unless the Yankees actually make it require much thought by having someone get hurt or something like that. So yeah, if that's the case. I mean, then you're honestly spending more time on the person who got hurt anyway. Exactly. Yeah, so that's enough uh, Rugnado Door talk. Sorry to all the Rugi fans out there, but we will not Sorry. be discussing him any further. <laughs> Sorry to Rugnado Dor, aka Rugi, who is definitely listening to the podcast. <laughs> oh, of course. He, he listens to it every day. He had been listening to it in the hopes that he would get traded to the Yankees. So, you know. That's how he worked it. He's like, hey, those Pinstripe Alley guys, they know what they're talking about. And that's yes, it. that's how it worked. <laughs> but in more exciting news, you know, the regular season actually started. So that's a lot more exciting Woo! than Rugnado Dor. Yes. Very much more exciting than Rugnado Door. But yeah, no, it's been, um, I mean, I guess it's been a both up and down week. I'd say maybe just about 500 of a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's what I got. Yep. Those are my great jokes. That's what I'm here for, my great analysis. <laughs> but I'm... T- yeah, well, the first series of the year went... Uh, I mean, it could have gone a little bit better. Obviously, you don't want to lose your first series, but all things considered... Everyone survived healthy. The offense could have looked better, but the pitching was extremely sharp. They actually had the lowest ERA by any Yankees team through four games since 1977, according to Stathead's Katie Sharp. So that's pretty pretty good work, honestly, by Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery and company. 
Yeah. I mean, look, if the team is currently not like 4-0 because the offense just hasn't like kind of come together yet, that's something I can I think the Yankees and the fans can afford to be a little bit patient about because like this offense is just too talented to kind of be what they showed during the first three games. I'm not even gonna include uh, the fourth game because obviously they kind of um, came alive a little bit. So if the offense is the problem, then, you know, they'll be fine. And obviously this whole team's, this whole season's outlook depends on the pitching. So if the pitching, if this is kind of going to be resembling what they're going to get, I think they'll sign up for this every day of the week. <laughs> yeah. Like Garrett Cole was technically a little off on opening day and still allowed two runs struck out like eight. So, you know, that's yeah. It, didn't Pretty good have to like have in your back most, pocket. I think he had the second most strikeouts for a Yankees pitcher on opening day or something like that. Something close to that. Not yep. exactly number one, but I forgot yeah. exactly what this is. Well, number was. one is uh, the famous Yankee, Tim Leary from 1991, yep. I think. So that's, that's a real person. Yeah. So, I mean, we can only dream of Garrett Cole living up to Tim Leary. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fine. Jordan Montgomery had a great start yesterday. I mean, he was, he was probably. Terrific. You know, he's shown those flashes, though. Like, when he's kind of on, like, he, you know, we've seen this before from him, too. Like, where he can just kind of, you know, he's not, like, overpowering or anything like that. But, you know, he can just get into a rhythm, get into a groove, and just go there and just have, like, easy, stress-free innings. And that's what he did for six innings yesterday. Yeah, he did exactly what you're supposed to do against the Baltimore Orioles, which is just <laughs> steamroll over them. Don't let them <laughs> do anything at all. And there's a obviously he's good friends with CC Sabathia, but there's reason that CC is such a booster of this guy. Hey, hey, this is uh first place in the in the American League East Baltimore Orioles you're referring to. That's true. Hey, you know what? The Orioles, good job sweeping the Red Sox for the opening series at Fenway. Anytime the Boston gets embarrassed in Boston is a good time for me. So yes, they will have and that. They will they will hopefully be embarrassed in their new yellow baby blue hat uniform things that they're coming out with now yeah that was that's a that's a choice by uh boston or whoever designed that <laughs> like I, like i mentioned in our like i don't necessarily hate the yellow like because i i'm just a fan of like odd colored uniforms and yellow is just not something you see very commonly now but the baby blue hat that they're going with it is just weird and also it's boston so it sucks yeah, there were some good tweets about like, oh, I guess they're uh, going for that 70s Mariners look or something. I don't know. <laughs> Cherished. But anyway, Jordan Montgomery looked terrific. Uh, Corey Kluber was okay in his first start. Was still a little rusty, but still mostly limited the damage against a pretty good Blue Jays lineup. Domingo Herman, less so, but every, pretty much everyone else is pretty good. Yeah, and then uh, tomorrow or Wednesday, we'll see our first look at Jameson Tyon in regular season, so that'll be fun. Oh, yeah. um, he's the only starter we haven't seen yet, but even like the bullpen and relief of the starters have been great, especially like, I want to give a shout out to Michael King the other day. <laughs> Six innings, no runs allowed. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was some shoving. He was the only reason that the Yankees stayed in that game against the Blue Jays, even though they had not much offense at all. The middle relief has done a great job. Like You've seen Michael King do well, seen Jonathan Lewiska do well twice. Luis Sessa had a good outing. So yeah, they'll take what you can get. Exactly. I mean, you're not going to complain about anything. What I really liked about it, I think it was Michael King, who apparently he has a goal to pitch 100 major league innings this season. He doesn't really care how it comes or whether it's like as a start, spot start, relief, whatever it is. I'm like, you know what? I kind of like that. He's like, I'm just here. I'm going to do what I what I can do. And uh, if he keeps pitching like he did the other day, then he'll get those 100 innings. Yeah, he's like, I just want to hang around, do whatever. And honestly, that is an extremely useful guy to have because he's someone who can be a swing man and give you several innings out of the bullpen, give you a spot start if you need it. And 
if he's if shows anything like this prospect potential, then it could be a great addition, honestly. And however he's contributing those hundred innings. Yeah, and you, you gotta like that attitude where he just like he doesn't really care what his role is. He just wants to help the team and you know kind of be here. So that's always a good thing to see from a young kid. Yeah, it's to uh, you know paraphrase Joe Girardi. It is what you want. Also, young kid. My guy's twenty six years old, but you know, <laughs> young kid. <Back. laughs> yeah. Anytime that these younger relievers are going to step up are going to be big right now with uh, both Zach Britton and Justin Wilson out for now. So you'll take what you can get. Especially we only saw one game of Lucas Licky so far, but he wasn't as sharp as he was during the spring. So hopefully that's just a one game weirdness, and he you know continues his fun story and does better in the other times out. But it's good to know that even if he falters, the Yankees have some good backup options. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't look sharp, but it's got to be tough being a stay-at-home dad and pitching for the Yankees. <laughs> he lives out of Yankee Stadium. The running joke, and apparently. No, I, will never, I will never let this go, because <laughs> it still says it. I would assume it it's also hard to, you know, keep your nerves totally settled when you're pitching in your first major league game in six years. <laughs> yeah, which just happens to be in the stadium where you live. Yes, I will not let this go. <laughs> No, but, you know, it's still it's still just a great story just to kind of see him make it back. Obviously, we talked a lot about the great spring he had, those first game jitters. Hopefully, he can kind of work past that and, like you said, kind of be that fun storyline that we saw through spring again. Yeah, and when we had last recorded, they had not yet set their opening day roster. We were pretty sure that it was going to be Licky, but they hadn't said so yet. But then he made the team, and that, that was just a nice little story for the opening day and first couple games of the season. For sure. But, but yeah, the offense yeah. though left a little bit to be desired in that first series. We obviously much better against the Orioles again, as you should do against the Orioles with uh, Giancarlo Stanton going ham on a pitch and Aaron Judge homering too. But those first three games against Toronto were a bit lackluster outside of Clint Frazier and Gary Sanchez. Yeah, I mean it's definitely nice to see Clint Frazier coming in and continuing, you know, basically justifying the Yankees handing him the well not handing him but giving him the starting left fielder job. It's good to see Gary kind of start off on a good note because, you know, we all know about his struggles last year. Outside of that, like you said, it's just, it just wasn't what you wanted when you were facing the Blue Jays. But I guess there's nothing like a cure for your offensive woes than facing Baltimore pitching. Yeah, so sure enough, they feasted on, uh, was that Mike Armstrong and Jorge Lopez yesterday? So that was More like Mike Arm Week. Woo. Oh man, got his ass. Also, I think it might have been Sean Armstrong. Sean Armstrong? Is that his name? Let's see. You were right. It was Sean Armstrong. (laughs) Look look at me. 2021 Baltimore's pitcher expert, Kun Shah, over here. It's Sean Michael Armstrong, apparently. There is a Mike Armstrong who has pitched in the big leagues, and I encourage you to Google him right now because it is a great-looking 80s baseball player. Amazing. Do you see it? Yeah. He's got a great mustache. Obviously, uh, this is one of the best features of any podcast, talking about a visual, but we will definitely <laughs> include the link to this. Yes, absolutely, as you need to. Yes. But it, I do find it amusing that apparently Sean Armstrong's middle name is Michael, so you weren't, like, off either. See, that's it. I knew his middle name, of course. Yes, of course. Because I studied up on a good old Shawnee A, as I like to call him, because we're pals. Yeah, yeah. You know, Merns and Sean being best friends. Together forever. The fun never ends. That <laughs> so that, now that the Rugie and Sean Armstrong podcast is over, yeah, valuable insight. <laughs> <laughs> but what what other parts of the first three games have jumped out to you? I mean, it's it's been interesting. Like I'll be honest, I missed the second and third game just because I had you know stuff going on. I watched the opener. 
I watched yesterday's game. So that was just fun to see the, like, like we talked about the offense coming together, John Carlos destroying a baseball that I don't know if it's landed or not. If it has landed, I'm sure somebody got hurt by just where it landed in like the 15 mile radius of it. Good to see Aaron judge get his first Homer out of the way. It's, you know, it's still early to kind of tell, like to, to judge rather like what's going on, you know, we're four games into the season. I'm like, you can't really, you know, give anyone too much flack or too much credit for anything going on. But it's like I said, my my big, big things I was happy to see is uh, Gary Sanchez get off to a good start, hitting his two home runs and Clint Frazier getting to a uh, pretty good start himself. I mean, he's right now has an OPS over a thousand, which is pretty good. I don't know. It could could be over 2000. So, you know, it could. Passion. It could. Do yeah, better, Clint. As long as uh, Clint is giving good reasons to keep himself in the lineup, I will sign up for that every day. You yeah. talked about. Giancarlo Stan, the way he destroyed that baseball is good to see just because it silenced the Boo Birds at Yankee Stadium because there's been a, a bit too much of that for my liking for the first few days. I know that, you know, heaven forbid the Yankees are one and two at the time or two and two now, or <laughs> it's just like, come on, guys. And it's good to see them back at the stadium in the reduced capacity, but it, it has been a little bit frustrating just to see the booze rain down so early. Yeah, I mean, even like during yesterday's game, yesterday was a 7 nothing win against the Orioles. Just a completely easy win. You know, it's just fun all around. Aaron Judge scored the first run of the game on a solo home run, and he was still booed later on. What the hell are you guys doing? But, I mean, I did see like somebody saying that, oh, it could be that they were booing the umpire because like, they didn't agree with the strike call and whatever. I don't want to give the Yankees fans a benefit of the doubt like that. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's being a little bit generous considering like how, how much they booed Giancarlo Stan early on. Gary Sanchez was great the first couple of games. And since then, oh no, he's you know had an off day. So it feels like oh, it's dear. only a matter of time before those turn around too. So it, I, I understand everyone pays for their ticket. They can do whatever, but just be a little bit less fickle at the beginning of April after a pandemic where you didn't see any baseball last year. <laughs> right. And speaking of which... When Aaron Judge is coming, like, crashing into the wall to catch a ball or whatever, don't touch him. We're in the no. middle of a pandemic still. It's still a thing. Don't touch him. Don't touch Judge. Because Because if, God forbid, he needs to go uh, step away from the team for, like, a COVID-19 protocol, it's going to be your fault. And I'm going to blame you, random person, yeah. whoever you are. Don't touch his glove. <laughs> Leave him alone. Don't touch, don't touch the air near him. Breathe in the opposite direction. <laughs> It'd be funny if like Luke Voigt just runs out onto the field from the bench and is like, protect the asset, protect the asset. <laughs> Let's see, I could see, I could just see CC coming out of nowhere. Even if he's not at the game that time, he's coming out of nowhere to destroy anybody who really like, hurt judge. Yeah. That's actually his uh, job with the Yankees. There's a reason they're so vague about it, but he is the official Yankee stadium idiot bouncer. Yes. <laughs> Dude, imagine you're just being like a total douchebag in the sins. And then all of a sudden CC Sabathia is like, come on, you got to go. Like, yeah, just shit, like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, regarding the offense, I would like to see, you know, Labor Torres kind of get going a little bit better more, but again, too hard to give him any sort of like criticism after four games, but we, we know he kind of struggled a bit last year, so it'd be nice to see him pick it up sooner rather than later, because I do feel like he will eventually pick it up. It's not a matter of if, it's more of a matter of when, at least at least I think so right now and hope so. Yeah, and the same goes for uh, Gio Urshela, too. He's looked pretty lost in these first few games, but I think part of that may also just be, you know, he had the offseason elbow surgery, too, so it may just be working out the kinks a little bit there, so might take a little bit. Might not happen in the first week or even the first couple of weeks, but I'm pretty confident in Gio Urshela going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think the only one 
who I really am like a little concerned about as far as the regulars are concerned is like Aaron Hicks. I feel like he has not done a lot of anything so far. And I mean, I was just looking right now. Apparently he has an OPS plus of minus 15, which is just not good. I don't think it's good to have a, a, a negative number in a stat called OPS plus. Plus, yeah. So even still, he did draw a bases loaded walk against uh, the Orioles yesterday. So that's I'll take right. that, right? Yeah, I mean that, that, that's kind of what he's there for. I mean, he's not really there for his bat as much as he is there for his eye. I feel like he does have a great eye. He can he takes a walk when he needs to and does all that. So you know, having him between Judge and uh, Stanton, if he's going to continue staying there, then you know, if he at least uses that eye, then you know, it gets on base for Giancarlo, then we're good. Yeah, just get on base at a, a little bit higher clip than late-stage Nick Johnson. That's all we ask. I don't have a high threshold for what I'm expecting of Aaron Hicks, but it's got to be better than what I'm currently getting. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Another small thing worth noting is that the uh, Yankees alternate site roster got set recently, and uh, Debbie Garcia got to see his first action against the ominously-sounding alt-Phillies the other day because the Yankees and Phillies are scrimmaging against each other throughout April. So they'll see a lot of each other, but I mean, it was a fairly standard spring training style start because they're still doing the rolling innings. So like there was an inning where the Phillies had the bases loaded against Debbie Garcia with one out and they're just like, all right, we're good. And then they went to the next inning, but he still got his work. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to put too much into like actual numbers or whatever because of situations like that, but and I honestly haven't paid attention to what specifically happened so far, but I did see the alternate site. And I do want to just talk a little bit about like the fact that they are doing these like inner organizational scrimmages or matchups, which is pretty cool. Cause like, obviously one concern about like, you know, having the alternate site and having the players there, it's that like, yeah, these guys are staying in game shape. They're staying ready. They're, you know, working out, they're facing each other, but it doesn't really, it's not really the same as facing like another team or facing another opponent or, you know, kind of being quote unquote game ready as far as like the timing is concerned, especially for like a hitter who's like needs to see actual major league pitchers or actual pitchers, forget major league, but just pitchers, different pitchers than who may or may not have with them. So it's pretty cool that they're doing this uh, whole thing. And I think it's a good idea. Oh, I definitely agree. I'm sure that there was some, competitive edge that was missing last year at the alternate site when they were just, you know, doing inter-squad matchup simulation games, all that fun stuff. Even in these spring training style games that they're doing against the Phillies, at least it, they're, it's like an actual opponent who you're not like playing with all the time. And it adds some edge of competitive air to it that hopefully can get somewhat similar to the actual competitive ball that they'll be playing in the minors when they kick up in May. And then if they are called up at all to the majors, so. Take it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely obviously not the same as even just like full on regular minor league season where you're seeing different opponents every day. And again, the alt Yankees are facing the alt Phillies 18 times in the month of April. So there's going to be a lot of like familiarity with that's why I'm like, it's not probably not going to do a lot of justice or anything to kind of read into these numbers too much, whether somebody's just super successful or the other way around. But it's just it's just a good thing that they're doing. Um, and obviously, because of, you know, the pandemic and all that, they really can't afford to have the alt site players kind of go and travel around and face like, you know, all the other alt sites. It's more hey, we got to keep this confined in local just because you guys are the plan B. So if, you, if something happens here, then, you know, 
the teams are just screwed. Yeah. And at the same time, I am looking forward to when the minors actually start up again and all these guys are able to play minor league games because I'm sure some of these dudes are just chopping at the bit to get into something real. Yeah, I can imagine. Especially, I mean, we know like what we kind of, we know what kind of, what kind of mentality athletes have. So they just want to get going. They want to compete. They want to play. Exactly. It's just hard to basically miss an entire year professionally to keep developing, especially for these younger guys, like, like a Jason Dominguez, who has not really had much time to do much in actual competitive play. I'm sorry. Play. He, no, 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 no. You're wrong. He's Mickey Mantle. It's decided. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. I keep forgetting that. <laughs> Man. You just forget. He's Mickey Mantle. No big deal. <laughs> It's a good thing that he's Mickey Mantle, right? Yep, I guess. Hey, oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. He's Mickey Mantle and Mike Trout. Don't forget. Oh, wow. Very good. He's, he's both of them. Yeah. But too bad he's not Shohei Otani. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. Alas. All right. Well, <laughs> that'll do it for us on our main topics, unless you have anything else to discuss. No, I think we covered it. Again, hopefully by next week, you know, when we kind of come back, we'll obviously have a lot more games under our belt, too. So we'll kind of get a better feel of what's working or not working hopefully working for the Yankees at that point we'll get our first uh, look at Jameson Tyon by then so let's see and we'll probably get we might get a first look at Rugi. oh goody I guess one other small thing to note uh, congratulations to Francisco Lindor on getting paid and uh, congratulations to future Glaber Torres who is probably not going to get paid that much but he's probably going to get a pretty good contract sometime down the road and this will be helpful in any extension negotiations for sure yeah, while we're talking about Lindor, I did love like, and I'm going to admit I was fully on this bandwagon of, hey, he probably should accept that initial reported deal of the, the 10-year $325 million. And he was just like, nah, I'm good. It still came out with 10 years, $341 million. So good, good, good for you, Lindor. The Mets were definitely in a position where they needed to lock this guy up. You don't trade for him and then just let him walk in free agency because he might very well get a contract of that amount anyway. So pay the man. He's going to be a great face of the Mets for the next decade. He's got an incredible personality. He's an unbelievable player. And when you're Steve Cohen, you can afford it. So just pay the damn man. Yeah, exactly. And there's no better way to kind of like at least begin to erase the the memory of the Wilpons than just doing something that they would just never do. Yeah. And I'll give um shout out a little bit to what CC Sabathia said about the Lindor negotiations on the RTC2 podcast, which is that like once the figures are getting to around that level, that's pretty much just like the agents bantering back and forth with the team because like C.C. Sabathia pulled out an example from his own initial contract negotiations with the Yankees. He thought that it was going to be like a six-year deal for some amounts. And then when he later found out that the agent got a seventh year added on with some more. So he was like, oh, okay, right. great. So honestly, it probably wasn't even necessarily fully in Lindor's court what the, the last thing that the Mets had offered to him was. And that it, there was probably just a lot of confidence that we'll, we'll work something out. We'll probably get this extra $20 million. And sure enough, it happened. So yep. kudos to the agency. Yeah. Always all four baseball players getting paid. So good yeah. good for him. <laughs> yeah. And back to the Yankees related point to it. I think uh, this will be good for Glaber Torres going forward too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he'll be quite the same player as Lindor, but again, it's great precedent of any kind. Yeah, it, it is definitely an interesting comparison too, because I feel like Glaber's a little, you know, obviously a little bit more bat first than he is defense, glove first. And Absolutely, while yeah. Lind- like this is not to take away from Lindor's bat at all, but think Lindor is more like a little bit in the opposite direction where he's obviously a, a little bit more glove first than he is bat first so it, it'll be curious to see how it plays out and works out for Torres obviously hey if it was up to me I'd give him 342 million but you know Aha. I don't I don't own hell's money yeah I don't have 342 million either 
I don't have a million. So. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I do not either. The blogger coin does not extend that far, folks. <laughs> However, if anybody would like to donate a million dollars or three hundred and forty-two million dollars to either Andrew or myself, um, we'll take it. Yeah, Venmo Kunj. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, Francisco Lindor, just Venmo me your entire contract, please and thank you. And you know what? I will give you ten years to give it to me. You could just give me, you know, a little bit every year. Forget installments. Point... Yeah, yeah thirty-four point one million a year. I'm fine. I'm a reasonable <laughs> person. I like how you're just taking all his money, not even just like a fraction of it. <laughs> hey, why not? He, he's earned some monies up till now. He's good. He doesn't need more. <laughs> Glad we're giving it this way, he could just he could just say, "Hey, I'm not even making my entire salary, so then people won't boo him for his money." Because apparently, that's the thing we like to do. <sighs> well, <laughs> anyway, end well, of the amazing avenue pod. <laughs> we'll move on and wrap this podcast up with the Yankee and the <laughs> Mitre of the week. Ra ra ra. Who is your Yankee of the Week? You know, I, I'm like, I have like five different Yankees I want to give it to. I mean, we talked about like how good randomly Michael King was, how good Clint Frazier's start has been, Gary kind of coming alive. But I'm going to go ahead and give my Yankee of the Week to Jordan Montgomery. Like I said, I was just very happy and very impressed with that start. I mean, again, it was against the Orioles, like you mentioned, but also like those are the types of starts you should have against the team like the Orioles. Like you should be able to steamroll over them and kind of just, go and throw like six stress-free innings with like less than 90 pitches. So the fact that he just went out and did it, I'm I'm happy for him. So he's my Yankee of the week. Yeah, extremely deserved. He was terrific as we kind of over multiple times on this podcast, but it's worth noting just because he's the kind of guy that he would really need like a good start, honestly, because he's doing his first full season since Tommy John, because last season was very abbreviated. So well, hopefully it's the start of something good for Jordan Montgomery there. Yeah. And your Yankee of the week. My Yankee of the week will be Clint Frazier just because he's been crushing it and good to see Red Thunder. Good to see him getting hits all, all over the ballpark and playing a good outfield. So I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, like we said, he's currently leading the team in OPS. Like we said, it's, it's over a thousand. He's just continuing to show why, you know, the Yankees have faith in him and, you know, kind of gave him the left field job and just basically said, hey, this is going to be yours until you give us a reason not to. There have been a couple of conversations about his defense this year. Like, I know he lost one ball in the sun or something like that. And, like, you know, people made a big deal about it. But, again, this, we're four games into the season, people. Yeah. <laughs> to just be happy with what we're getting. And from Clint Frazier, we're getting good stuff right now. Exactly. It'll be fine. Who's your Mitre of the week? Okay. So I thought oh, very hard and very long about this. And I'm 100% serious. It's Jay Bruce. For no reason other than I just now realize he's wearing the number 30. So I don't like him. Wow. Vicious attack on the guy who had the game-winning hit in the first win of the season. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, but in, in all honesty, like I, I kind of wanted to do this last week um, where I didn't want to give a, a Mitre of the Week in honor of opening opening day coming up. I don't really have a Mitre of the Week this week. Uh, my nonsense about Joe J. Bruce notwithstanding. <laughs> it's been four games. The, yeah, the Yankees are 2-2. Two and two. The offense could have done better. It could pick on somebody, but I'm going to give them another week before I kind of go in on everybody. So officially, no Mitre of the Week from me, but unofficially, it's Jay Bruce. Change your number. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I'll take the uh, the semi-optimistic take there. Yes. Again, <laughs> Jay Bruce personal attack notwithstanding. My Mitre of the Week will be Domingo Herman because he had a real dud of a first game. And yeah, that was the reason they lost that game. So you know what? Sorry. But way to follow up your 
good spring training with uh, not great against the Blue Jays. Yeah, I mean, especially when he's starting the third game of the year. I mean, I don't put too much stock into like, you know, two number two starter, number three starter, like order the rotation will constantly change and evolve throughout the season as like injuries happen and days, days off happen, what so on and what so whatnot. But if Domingo Armand is going to be the third starter of the year, at least to start the year, he's got to do a little bit better, especially considering, you know, he had this great spring and coming off of ever all the other stuff. He's got to show better than that. So let's see. Maybe this is just like a one in one game situation for him, but at least it gave us a good glimpse into Michael King coming in in relief of him and just kind of being lights out. So that's true. There's there's the silver lining. We got to see six innings of great Michael King. So thank you for that, Domingo Herman, I guess. <laughs> All right. So that'll do it for us on this week of the Pinstrip Alley podcast. Obviously, not a ton to tackle over just a few games, but we'll catch up with some more games next week and we'll have some more to talk about, I think. I hope so. Yes. And hopefully it'll be a seven game winning streak, right? That, that's exactly what's going to happen. Don't worry about it. Oh, you locked it in. Okay, good. Uh-huh. 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 Good. Well, they better not lose tonight then. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, it would be bad if they just started off on a losing. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, like, okay, cool. Well, never mind. All right. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at Pinstripe Alley. You can follow me on Twitter at Merns PSA. Follow Kunj on Twitter. Where are you at this week, Kunj? Uh, you know what? I'm still going to be at I'm not an HR hitter, uh, just because why not? Yeah, I mean, you got some great Kong versus Godzilla takes now, so there you go. Yeah, it was a great movie, people. Yes, go see it. I haven't, I haven't yes. even seen it, but go see it. I'll get there. <laughs> I have not seen it yet, but go see it. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I have the you utmost want... confidence that it is entertaining as hell. <laughs> I mean, all I wanted was to see a giant lizard fight a giant monkey. Guess what I got to see? A giant lizard fight a giant monkey. It was amazing. I'm very happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. That'll do it for us. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. All right. Bye.